This episode is brought to you by Indie Insights, our bi-weekly newsletter and love note to independent film. Inside, you'll find tools, tips, and tricks vetted by industry professionals, independent films that will inspire your creativity, filmmaking events where you can rub elbows with filmmakers just like you, and so much more. The best part of it all, it's absolutely free. All you have to do is go to www.banzai.film forward slash subscribe. And within a few clicks, you'll be part of our newsletter community. Again, that's www.banzai.film forward slash subscribe to get Indie Insights, a free bi-weekly newsletter from Chris and Nick at Bonsai Creative. Listening to Make It, a podcast by Bonsai Creative that helps creatives in film get where they're going faster by sharing the advice, knowledge, and insights of professional creatives across the film industry. I'm your host, Chris Barkley, and with me today is my good friend and Make It podcast co host, Nicholas Bugs. Hello, hello, Chris here with another episode of the Make It Podcast, and this is an Indie Talk Week, and that means I have my good friend and co-founder with me, Nicholas Bugs. Nick, say hello. I had to bring it back, man. You know, I was talking to, uh, you know, our guests who are here today uh, earlier, and we are talking about some throwback stuff, you know, like yeah, yeah. going to Blockbuster Video and you know, back in in when I where I lived, they had a place called Errols. Like I don't know if anybody knows about Errols, but I remember when Errols was like going between like VHS and Betamax. You know what I'm saying? Like that's you know, I, I go back, I go so I go way back like four flats in the Cadillac. So I remember <laughs> some of these things. So I, I had to I had to drop the on you today. So you're so you're old <laughs> is what you're is what you're dude saying. dude dude if you buy a fine wine do you go in the store you like hey let me get an old wine no you don't say that mm-hmm. you never say that mm-hmm. man i am seasoned mm-hmm. my brother i am seasoned so you're aged to perfection You've been in a cellar there you go <laughs> <laughs> wait, no wait. no no cellar bro that's it's a whole different there's a whole different thing <laughs> you've been <laughs> you've you've been uh <laughs> you've been ke- kept from sunlight <laughs> Do I look like I've been kept from sunlight, bro? <laughs> no, 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 no. You're chocolate. You're a chocolate. That's, that's you're, right. You're a chocolate man with a chocolate hand. That's exactly. Exactly. So time. come on now. That's a real song, by the way. Uh uh Bob Mark Nelson. You everyone should go find that song. Mark Nelson had a solo album okay. and the song is called Chocolate Man. And in the song he says, I'm a chocolate man with a chocolate hand. Wow. <laughs> Hey, uh, hey. And that, and and I guess that's the show. I guess we can wrap up here. Nick, it's been <laughs> right. great talking to you. Yeah, well, thank you very much, uh, Kyler. Natalie, thanks for joining right. us. Uh, it's been great. Um, <laughs> no other. Actually, actually, no. We, yeah, we, we let's enter. Yeah, let's So, Kyler here. Wilson, Natalie Rafino Wilson. Uh, 
please introduce yourselves. Tell us what you do for a living, uh, what we might know you for, and, and what you guys are working on today or these days. I should say. My name's uh, Kyler Wilson. I'm a writer, director. Um, I consequently also edit and produce and uh, sometimes act moonlighting, we'll say. Mm. Uh, you might know me for Best Laid Plans. It uh, came out a couple years ago. And uh, you've got a dozen projects coming up. Um, we've got all sorts of stuff we're trying to get off the ground. We've got short films that are happening. We have three features that we're trying to do. So um, lots of lots of exciting stuff going on. <clears throat> I'm Natalie <laughs> Rafina Wilson. I'm the other half. Uh, I started off as an actor, but I'm a producer. Um, and I am also a writer and I direct. Um, and I act in Best Laid Plans. Um, I produced a Karen Kingsbury's Someone Like You film last year. And I'm currently um, working on another couple projects that are in the works right now. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a long time coming, actually. I think it's been a year in the in the making that, yeah. that we've been wanting to have you on and different things have happened and uh, most of them are fault. But this, we're here now and I'm, I'm super pumped. I, I have to say, you guys should be incredibly proud of having the rating you guys have for Best Laid plan, uh, right. Plans on IMDb. Yeah. Like that's so incredibly difficult to accomplish. Um, is it fair to call it an indie film? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's so hard. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to. I just didn't want to speak with you know. one voice. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we practice. Nice. No, it's 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 just it's just remarkable because of the way that IMDb handles reviews in the first place. Where if you're one of their non sort of sanctioned registered reviewers and potentially paid reviewers, they kind of chop off all the nine and 10 ratings and chop off all the ones and zeros. And they have sort of this weighted score. And so I think, first of all, I think that blindsides a lot of independent filmmakers, but um, it also makes it very difficult to have an incredibly high score. And look, I can see both sides of it. I know IMDb wants to have sort of a professional you know, they, they view themselves as a way, an outlet for professional filmmakers. And so there's a trust issue. There's a, what is this film really, you know, the things that might be trivial to like a lay user are really, really serious to these film places like IMDb and variety, et cetera. Right. I think the other side of it is, look, if my mom thinks my movie's a 10, damn it, let her rate it a 10. Exactly. <laughs> like, let it be included in the overall score. Don't try to take it out for some arbitrary reason. Right. So, so yeah, you, well, yeah your guys' score is awesome. Uh, IMDb is, you know, the regular platform. Before I ever got into movies, I would go to IMDb to see yeah. if something was worth watching. You have IMDb Pro, which I'm also mm-hmm. a member of. And that's, yeah. that's where you go get all the pro information. But, yeah, I mean, it, it should be used in that platform. I agree. Yep. And thank you. Yeah. And I think IMDb pro, by the way, if anyone out there doesn't have it, I know it's a paid service and money's tight all around for everybody, but I think it's like an essential application. It's like an essential service. If you're taking your film career seriously, regardless of your role, don't have to be a filmmaker. Don't have to be an actor. I think forever it's kind of been seen as a place where actors kind of sign up and directors mm-hmm. sign up, but it's for everybody. And there's so much information they've aggregated for you. It really pays for itself. If you're, if you're serious in, in filmmaking. Thousand percent. It's extremely resourceful. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there, I mean, I mean, half of part of getting best plans distributed mm-hmm. was through 
IMDb Pro Research. I mean, I also did a lot of other stuff, but you know, part of it was through that. It got my, that got the initial ball rolling right. on certain things, you know? So yeah, you, I, if you're, if you are any sort of filmmaker, uh, whether it's, you know, a production assistant, a first assistant director, a first AC, highly recommend. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a yearly thing. doesn't cost that much. Not being paid by IMDb. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> really so t- t- tell, tell us about best laid plans and what the movie is, but then tell us how IMDb pro like help jumpstart distribution. Sure. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I'll kick it off by saying I started writing a script uh, a few years ago. Well, almost that's, a decade ago. Um, and uh, it, we, we were working with somebody and it seemed like some good things were going to happen with it. It's kind of a baby of mine. It's since become a baby of ours. Yeah. Started off as her stepchild and turned into her own baby, you know? Um, <laughs> nice. So uh, it really, we were getting the ball rolling and it seemed like things were really going to happen with it. Yeah. And the second that we decided to pull the trigger on the whole shebang, COVID shut everything down. Yeah. Um, and so we were really disheartened by that. Ooh, because, so disheartened. You know, because, mm. I mean, you struggle to make so sad. projects. And, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, the big thing is like, getting the feature done. Right. You know, we can do shorts all day long. We can, I, we, we could write a short tomorrow and, uh, you know, or film it the next day, edit it the next day and have it released the next day. You know, that's what the 48 hour film festival is. Um, but you know, to get the feature out, you know, so we were super, super downtrodden on that. And, um, we were just both kind of licking our wounds and, we, but we're both kind of like, well, but okay, wait, maybe this person can't help us make the movie right now, but they were also a district, like they, they handled distribution. Mm-hmm. They weren't a distribution company, but they handled that side of it. It's like sales and packaging. So, okay. uh, I called her up. Um, her name's Tiffany Boyle for anybody who wants to know at mm-hmm. Ramo law, um, which is a big law firm in, in, uh, LA. Oh, for yeah. yeah. We're familiar with, uh, and I thought it was oh. Ramo. Yeah. We always yeah. pronounce it Ramo. You might be yeah. right. I might yeah. be the wrong one. But Tiffany Boyle is the name. <laughs> and she's awesome. Uh, so I call, I call her up and I'm like, all right, look, you can't help us make the movie, but, but like, what if I give you a movie? And she didn't understand. And she's like, I, I just told you, like, we can't get anybody right, <laughs> right. now. Everybody's too scared to, to do anything because they didn't know what the business was going to do, you know? Right. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, if I give you, if I give you a completed product, mm-hmm. can you, can you sell it? And for reference, this is about made. 2020. Yeah. Okay. So just so we know okay. where we're at. From it. So this is so, about the time when Trump was saying we were all going to be enjoying summer. Yes. Yeah. In just a couple of, was in just a couple of days. Kill it. Yep. Yeah. The heat was going to come uh, and kill the virus. Yeah. And Precisely. The, yes. the heat will kill the virus. <laughs> and, so, and so will the bleach. I um, beat the virus. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, so anywho, uh, she's like, yeah, isn't that, I told, that's what, that's what I do. And I was like, Right. But I just didn't know, are people buying movies? Like, she's like, oh, absolutely. They'll be buying movies. They're just not going to finance them right now. Right. Hmm. So, and what did we see? Like in retrospect, right? What did we see? We saw like streaming explode because they were taking, all these companies were taking movies that they had shelved and everything, Mm -hmm. you know? So, so I was like really stoked about that um, and thinking maybe we had a good thing. And so I was like, Nat, we gotta, we gotta write a script that we mm-hmm. can manage. Uh, we got to make it as, as clean and concise as possible. Like we, we basically have to do the age old, uh, I'm, you, you know, that phrase, like you can make your product good, cheap or fast, but you can only pick two, yeah. you yeah. know, I was like, <laughs> you have to do all three. 
We have to do all three. It's the only way it's going to work because we had to self-finance it. Mm -hmm. We had to shoot it fast because we knew we couldn't just have people on a 30 day shoot for free. Right. You know, um, and, uh, and, and obviously we had to do it cheap. So we, we cut all the safe corners, none of the, none of the unsafe corners. We cut all the corners we possibly could for it. Yeah. Um, anyways, so she, we're spitballing like, okay, what do we do? You know, we're throwing out ideas at one another and she goes, your mom. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so yeah, I, when I was a kid, my mom, um, had like a side job, uh, cleaning houses and I would go and help her. And I remember this one experience where I thought that maybe there was like a hostage situation that was happening. And, and you know, I'm like 10 and wow. in my mind, like little filmmaker brain, I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to do? I got to get out of the house. I got to hit my mom. I got to, and it ended up not being that at all. <laughs> it was just like <laughs> the guy's daughter or something had come in and but I told him this thing and I thought, you know, well, that keeps it contained, which it was during the height of the pandemic. So, you know, now it's all basically in one location, which makes it cheaper for us to film. Um, and maybe it's a story about a housekeeper who goes to a house and somehow becomes a hostage. And he, and then his brain starts going, got it. My brain, my brain <laughs> just like always goes a thousand miles an hour with this, with the, like creating stuff and writing and whatnot. And, and I was like, Oh, okay. And then the best laid plans was born. So it's about a single mother down on her luck who yeah. uh, takes one last job for the day and gets, finds herself taken uh, in a hostage situation at that house. Right. Um, that's the long and short of it. And obviously there are lots of twists and turns and, uh, and you know, we had a great time doing that. But that's the overall gist of what the movie is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. And then you took that movie and gave it to Tiffany? Is that the idea? Yeah. So weirdly enough, we took it back to her, took an early cut. Um, once we got it, once we I got it all done and uh, she was like, I like it. And we're like, but there's no named talent in it. Mm. Yeah. I was like, well, we didn't say anything about right. that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I said, if we said you a movie, we get it sold. Yeah, um, it was, uh, you know, uh, as a producer, you know, I worked with budgets up to four, five million at this point. And we did it for very, very, very small fraction of that in eight days. And because of COVID, we had the ability of have some of the best crew in town, Dean Shortland's in it. Um, Kyler Love and I Dean. are in it. Friend of the podcast. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, the, we would not have been able to afford name talent. Then you have to bring on SAG. And at the time, the COVID protocols of it all, COVID testing, I mean, that right. alone would have made the whole thing impossible. Um, and so, yeah. So there was like a lack of, she's like, I really, I really like the story. It's well acted. There's just no name talent. It got to the point where I was like, can she stop saying that? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, I was in it. Like, what are you talking about? I have a name. Sometimes she, sometimes she would slip up and she'd be like, there's no talent. In it. There's no talent. Oh. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm on I'm the phone. <laughs> I can so, hear you. So, yeah, so, so she was like a little uh, kerfuffled as to what to do with it. And yeah. I was like, all right, well, you know I what? enjoy That's kerfuffled fine. as a word. Well, yeah, he actually uses that. Quite a lot. <laughs> um, she actually did talk to us about if we want to do a festival run, which I think it's important to say not, you know, we've notoriously kind of never had really good luck with festivals and mm. you kind of mm. lose out a whole year of your potential life in doing this festival and then not have anything to show for it. Um, and yeah. so we did not make this movie to go to festivals. Um, and so that was something that she, she kind of was 
you know, I think maybe, maybe you'd have a good shot at this festival or this stuff. And they were more like, we don't want to do that. Yeah. Cause I mean, we, I, I, we had already done, we'd already tried that method with, with certain short. shorts and whatnot. Yeah. And you know, here's the thing, we're not saying don't put your projects and festivals because no, yeah. there's, there's a place for projects and festivals, obviously. Right. But right. we like, we make, um, well, the best way I can say is we made straightforward, just entertaining films, popcorn flicks kind of, you know, I mean, they're thought provoking and whatnot, but, uh, but there's not like a grand deep message, which the festivals love. I think, you know, we have a producer that we're working with right now on a different project. Um, actually the one that was our baby might and, be coming back. Yeah. And he used the term, he watched Wesley plans and he said, I think it's very, very well done. You guys are clearly good writers and actors, but it's very commercial and it's too commercial for film festivals. So it was a weird thing. Cause you, you almost take it as a compliment. You're like, Oh, okay. So this is like the jams of what I grew up on. You know, like. Harrison Ford or like right. you'd say John Dickens commercial. Right. But like, you're telling me that's a negative thing for where we are here. We don't have $25 million to make the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, so right. yeah. we're yeah. going to go to festivals to commercial for festivals. But if you can get out of festivals, then they want commercial, which is what we're doing. Which is all, it's all <laughs> which is all just, it, well, it's, 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 it's an interesting, it's an interesting comment, right? Like, right. I, I don't think John Hughes would be shunned from a festival. No, I don't think his movies would be disliked at a festival. I think he would get a standing ovation at Cannes, just like mm -hmm. another great story would if the story was great. Maybe I'm being naive in that regard. Maybe Cannes the wrong festival to, to 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 use in that example. But I think story is king. I think when you tell a good story, people are going to like it, and people come to festivals to see movies that move them and mm -hmm. uh, that tell great stories. You can do that in a variety of ways. Um, right. So I, I just, I wonder about that. I wonder about that, that thought process, because mm -hmm. one thing me and Nick hear a lot is rules. People t thinking that there are these rules, like, no, that's a rule. Uh, in film, you can't have too many EPs. Uh, you know, in, in film, uh, we want to shoot for 18 days in film. Um, the, you know, this is what pre-pro is and film. This is, you know, who's going to take care of marketing for us. And we just found over and over and over again, that if you can find yourself to those boxes without the context that those, that, that created those boxes, you're going to be selling yourself short. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, look, that's a fair statement. Uh, uh, here's another rule. Um, and then this will get us back into the distribution side of things. Another rule is don't make cold calls, Right. Mm -hmm. But if he had a book, an autobiography, I told him he should call it the king of. The no, king I think he just said call it cold, cold call. Cold call. Yeah. 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 The man yeah. is the king of cold call. I actually I like true. the name. I actually like the name. Don't yeah. make cold calls. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> As an ironic well, title. That's great. Great calls. title. Exactly. Exactly. But, but, exactly. Yeah. You know, I literally, uh, I did crap tons of research, both through IMDb Pro and YouTube on like watching podcasts, podcasts. and stuff like this and, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, or listening to them, um, looking at interviews, collecting names. Um, and I just got a list of companies and a lot of that, a lot of this was from IMDB going to the company and, mm -hmm. and finding like direct numbers, you know, yep. not just like some operator is going to pick up the phone. IMDb, they list, you know, agent info and, and stuff like that a lot of times on their website, depending on who you're trying to go to, obviously. Right. Um, it's not 
all inclusive. You're not going to call up CAA tomorrow right. and, and be like, I'm talking to them. But you know, these other distribution companies, like we well, watch maybe. a ton of indie right. films, right? So, yeah. so, you know, we see what, what kind of distribution companies are, are constantly releasing the mm-hmm. indie content, you know? So I would just like go to IMDb pro find the, that company, give them a call. I literally had one guy laugh and he was like, man, Nobody ever does this anymore. Yeah, send it, you know what? Send it on over. You know, yeah. nice. And he yeah. loved he loved the film. Fast on it, uh, but he loved the film. Mm-hmm. So I ended up finding this guy named Glenn Reynolds, who uh, I think the company's I think his company's name is Circus Road Circus Road Pic- Film Pictures yep. or mm-hmm. Films. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a he's a sales agent. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, he's already done all the work I was trying to do. He's already done all that research. He has the connections directly to these people, right? right. And I was like, I, I was in, I was in Atlanta at the time uh, on a movie, and she was up here producing a movie, um, and I'm like, that. I'm like helping co-produce part of her movie from Atlanta while I'm on this other movie, and it, and I'm staying up every night until three, four, five o'clock in the morning, like doing my research, and I shoot, I find Glenn Reynolds, and I, I send this guy an email. Um, and I found him through some random news article. It was like Glenn Reynolds was a sales agent, which was, by the way, the first time I had heard that phrase. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, really? stuff to okay. talk about. Like, you yeah. know, they don't, they're sales agents for movies. Right. right. So I shot him an email at like two o'clock in the morning. He got back to me almost immediately. He was like, yes, yeah, so shoot over a private link. And I was like, okay. So I sent it over <laughs> and uh, I get an email from him like two hours later and he's like, Hey, uh, so I clicked on it just to see if it was garbage and he sucked me in. I'd love to represent your film, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, finally a break, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm talking hundreds of hours of, of work going into the distribution side, which is something filmmakers should talk more about. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um, Because if you can get it made, great. Hey, make it. Uh, but but therein lies another rule, and one of the big rules of of that filmmakers are told is never tell anybody what your movie was made for. And there's a validity to it because yeah. when you admit that, then you hurt yourself on the negotiating side if right. that's the right. place you're at with the film. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to helping out, out future filmmakers and letting them know what to expect by keeping mm-hmm. that shrouded you allow them to sort of fall into the same viper pit that you might've fallen into before. There was a great article, maybe the best article I've ever read on independent film financing and ROI from filmmaker magazine. uh, I think last week, I don't know if you guys read it, but they had such a hard time just getting data and it took them a long time to compile it. But the numbers in that article and, you know, I'll have, um, I'll have producer Popper bear, uh, pop that link in the show notes for people who want to read it. And we might include it in our newsletter tomorrow. Um, our forthcoming newsletter, I guess when people listen to this, it won't be tomorrow anymore. <laughs> but the, 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 the point is, is that we'll, you'll have the chance to read it. They give you pie charts. They give you diagrams, literally like breakdowns of this percentage of independent films didn't make their money back. This percentage did mm-hmm. this percentage of films that made their money back had this budget and the percentage of that didn't had this budget. And it's, it's remarkable. It's, it's like, it's everything that we've been preaching from day one, which is this sort of, 
when we first got into the business, the first thing we were told as producers and EPs is that, hey, we're making this movie for uh, $200,000. And because we're making it for $200,000, you're going to ROI faster. And our experience has been that the exact opposite is true. It, you know, if you make your movie for two to $4 million, you have a much greater chance to ROI than if you make it for, uh, and some of that is for 200,000 and some of that is systematic, right? Because of the, the SAG rules and you know, some of the yeah. reimbursement rules. And then of course, getting quote unquote, as, as your uh, colleague, Tiffany named named talent in your, in your movie and things like that. It's, and, and so it's, <laughs> and so it, it's antithetical, but it's, but it's so true. And mm-hmm. this article confirmed what we've been saying yeah since we had this podcast, which is 2019. So for the last four years, we've been saying that. And I can't tell you how many times we've been on pitch calls and zoom calls and phone calls and just coffee meetings where for about 30 minutes, we'll hear a very detailed and passionate pitch for the movie, for the film they're doing. And then we'll say something like, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. We think this movie has a real shot if you make it for $1.5 million. Are you cool with taking on some bridge financing to make the structure right financially? Right. And then you want to see somebody run to the door. Oh my God. I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. Come back. Yeah. You just told me. You just spent 30 minutes telling me how great you this film is and how much you believe in it. And I bring up a little bit of bank financing and, and now you're out. And, and so what that did was I think for Nick, especially it gave him this sense of, Oh, I'm not sure some of these filmmakers want to make a profitable movie, but rather just make a movie and get paid to do it. But I'm paying them. Right. right. <clears throat> no, yeah. I mean, I, there, I think that that's absolutely fair. Yeah. That's definitely part of that. But I think that there's also, you could say what Kyler and Natalie have been through, which is they understand that for a fraction, they can produce mm-hmm. something. Right. Yep. And you have control. Actually, it's like, that's a benefit. Yeah. You know, that's a benefit of us making your movie, but we don't want to make movies like that. Well, you know? right. yeah, that yep. was the big thing. When we <laughs> distribution for it was, you know, we made it for an amount of money that you wouldn't deem possible. And our agent said, <laughs> don't say that because, so we would ask, right. you know, what do you think, you know, they, they kind of quote and you're like, well, what, what do you think we made it for? And, you know, we had one person say, I think you made it for $750,000 to a million dollars, which we did not. Mm-hmm. Um, and which we had. yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and, and I think it's clear in the, the fact that we didn't have star talent. Right. Yep. Um, the name, but everything else, the way that it looks, the storytelling, all that stuff. I mean, would I wanted to make the writing a story where we could have gone outside of the house and maybe gone into the city and gotten some exteriors? Yes, but we were self-financing it. So as writers and producers, we knew the importance of writing to tailor the budget that we knew we could do. Yeah. And we've already made our money back. Interesting. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that's that's like, exactly how you're supposed to do it. Yeah. When you, know, and, when you have that budget. Yeah. I think it's important to say, uh, to, to what both of you are saying about, about financing. It's not called the movie art. It's called the movie there you business. Go. Yeah. You know? yeah, exactly. Um, and so it, if you're not willing as a filmmaker 
to do the things that you need to do to make a profit, you, you've picked the wrong business. You're going to go out. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're never going to be able to, uh, sustain that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Stretching your yeah. budget's different than, than, or <clears throat> self-financing something is different than knowing what it takes to make, it, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's a big thing I deal with when yeah. I'm producing is, um, you know, I treat it like it's my money, my personal money. So if you give me a million dollars, um, you know, I, I start from a place of knowledge. So I don't ask you what your rate is. I don't call the gaffer and say like, what's your rate? I go, okay. On an IATSE tier, if we were going union, right. we're going to go IATSE, right. um, but we're not really, but if we were, and it was at this budget, which is, you know, say it's the bottom tier. Well, I'm going to lift it up one because we aren't going union and maybe you're fine at 492. So I'll bump it up a little bit. Maybe that means that every day I'm paying you 50 bucks more a day, but I'm not paying into your pension health. So now I'm going to offer you this. And I feel like everybody feels taken care of. And it's based in a reality that's based on the budget. And I think a lot of times people have this grand idea, the commercial and music video world, where you work for one day, two day, maybe three days, that that rate somehow applies to five weeks of prep and a five week shoot, which you just Mm -hmm. cannot do. Right. And so I wish, I wish filmmakers would understand that aspect of it too. It's like, we all want, we all want to be able to make money, but like, you do have to start somewhere. And honestly, having made best laid plans back in 2020, we are reaping the benefits of that now, which is just yeah. awesome. And I, I want to tell people to do that more, go, go and finance in yourself. I know people say, don't do that. Alan Powell would be one of them. Love, <laughs> <Yeah>. him. <laughs> Love Alan Powell, friend of the podcast. <laughs> but I will, I would tell Alan like, Hey, look, it worked for us, but we were smart about it. Don't go put $200,000. Yeah, don't sink it. your savings. But like, no, just, you know, our whole point in making best laid plans was we had a movie we wanted to do. We got crushed when we couldn't do it. Right. So we still wanted to make a movie. And we knew that at the budget level that we were going to make it, at the scale that we were going to make it, it would at least prove that we made it. We got it done. We got it distributed to just two local Nashville filmmakers just out mm-hmm. here hitting the streets, being scrappy. And we never want to do that again. No. But we did it. <laughs> Yeah, right. but also it, 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 there's there's a lot to there's a lot to dig into there. Um, one is that is that it shows that you know you guys really do work for a particular outcome. Like staying up to three or four at night takes a, a lot more than just coffee, and and trying to make those calls and do that research. It, there's a determination. There's a fire there, and obviously you wouldn't want to do that twice. So I, I get it. But also want to double click on something that kind of we just went through, but is really important, which is that you tailored your script and your writing. Mm-hmm. And of course the location because of COVID, but other things around the budget versus saying, I have this really big, uh, audacious script and I'm going to wedge it into this budget. Yeah. Yeah. It's no. a bad, it's a bad terrible idea. way to start. You know, you're right. It's like, <laughs> we, we've seen it done. <laughs> there, there are other rules, right. That, 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 that are, are budgetary, um, what am I trying to say? There are rules that affect budgetary things like don't write. Uh, scripts around a a location, for example, right? Um, Mm. Find the right location. Don't write around a certain location, but, but you do have to, you, well, okay. So we, our company is called outside our means, right? Because Francis Ford Coppola said, there's no such thing as being creative or there's nothing, there's nothing creative about living, living inside your means. Right. Right. And we were like, absolutely. Well, you have to stretch every dollar. And so. our logo is a one cent. Yeah, literally. One cent. <laughs> uh, black, so. black folks just say scared money can't make money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> scared money uh, can't make money. Yeah. Fair, fair, fair. 
But yeah, when yeah. if you are going to self-finance it, mm-hmm. you are going to put several, you know, thousands of dollars into your project. You better be writing to the budget that you've got and, and using every, every favor that you can call in. Because it's get the one it time. It's the one time you get to do that. Yeah. Because right. we'll, I mean, we probably Great could point. because pretty well Well, we've but, hired people beyond that at that point but you know? like yeah if, if every time i thought you were going to say you hire people to like you sorry go ahead <laughs> well sometimes <laughs> that, that, that right. threw me off because you're piggybacking on his comment he's like oh we hired people don't worry but uh, yeah <laughs> go ahead <Tyler. laughs> but if, if all we ever did was call people up and ask for favors right those favors eventually just stop because they people dry get up. sick of it yep. you know so it's like yeah, you're yeah, going to yeah, self-hide i think you get to do it once mm-hmm. you know now, like short films is a whole different story. Uh, you know, a lot of people will just utilize short films uh, to upgrade themselves. You mm-hmm. know, like a second AC might want to be a first AC and they'll do it for free and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But you, I think you get one movie that, that does it the way we did it and then it's over. So you better make it as absolute good as you possibly can. Well, mm-hmm. let's talk about that. So I want to, I want to take you from that space where you guys were really smart in the making, right? <laughs> Hey. Hey. <laughs> like how I did that, oh, right? So you, so you made something, which is great. That's the Appreciate first step is making yourself. a great product, <laughs> right? That's the first step of all of it. Yeah. But there's yeah. a step that you took that many independent filmmakers, I know that many that we've spoken to haven't taken, which is you actually found a sales agent and not just a distributor, yeah. right? A lot of folks would go right. from, I made the film to a distributor. So can you talk just real mm-hmm. quick about what did the sales agent do for you that would have been different had you just sold or given your film directly to a distributor? I'm going to preface all of this by saying Kyler is going to end up taking the floor because this distribution process was an, just over my head at the time. I now know way more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, this man was so determined, you know, staying up at three or four in the morning, listening to podcasts and things like that. Um, and so I think you kind of guide it into it. Once it all kind of was said and we were signing the deal, I, I was, you know, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. And now we have a relationship with this distribution company where we have the ability to come with any project on the next before it gets made. And we have, um, what is it called? Uh, we're confirmed that we would get distribution through them on the next one. Um, oh, we got a letter. It, letter we of, got a letter of intent. Letter of intent. Yeah, 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 yeah. L- L-O-I. Of, an LOI. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. That was part of our, uh, part of my negotiation with, yeah. with uh, random media who distributed it was uh, I'll do your deal, but I want a letter of intent that says you'll do our next one. Yeah. Um, anyway, start back. As just a- trying to set, set ourselves up for success, success in the future. Well, well Kyler, before you, that- before you get into it, I just wanted to tell you, Natalie, the visual that you just gave me was the 500 hours that he put in was like 500 individual puzzle pieces so when you're looking at yes. the pieces on the ground, you have no clue what that is. But as you no, get closer no. and closer and closer, mm-hmm. the picture mm-hmm. started to form and you could get it. Right. And I think that's, yeah, that's the visual that I was getting as you were going through that. He, no, he is the puzzle master. So it does. It totally makes sense to me. You know Look at that. <laughs> we have a master builder and a puzzle master that's on the same right. podcast. That's awesome. I love <laughs> Nick. Nick. Nick, just really quick as a sidebar, will you get one of your best, most prized Legos from behind you that you? Oh have? man, I don't know. Maybe Optimus the- Prime. Just well, grab well, Optimus Prime. Well, 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 no, no, Prime. Remember, yeah, those, Prime, were, those were Legos. Those listen, are not real toys. I know, but listen, Prime <laughs> is a set. You see Prime back there? Prime is a set yeah. that you buy in the store. But he's talking about master building. So let me just show you this yeah. one. Whoa! 
All this stuff behind Nick, he made, he's with Legos. Okay, so he made that. Yeah. So this doesn't come in a set. Chris, this is why this is right. master yeah. built. I know, I know that's why I'm trying to. <laughs> he's the puzzle master. You're the master there you builder. Go. Okay. You got it. You got it. So that's I a lightsaber it. that will eventually have a light in it. Is that right, Nick? Oh, that's because you want me to put it in there. I'm like, ah, no, I got to do it. I got to okay. put a light. Look, look, look. Okay. I've seen those okay. online. Those yep. are awesome. They're really this is cool. not nearly as impressive as, as that, though, because this. No, but what am I looking at? What is that? Look, at it's like these little cardboard, right? That's what it's made out of. I know what I know. Yeah. It's a fishbowl, but what is it? Look, it's look. A, a 3D puzzle made out of wood, and you have to put it all oh, together. It comes crap. up cheap. Let's see. Yeah. It's Got really it. neat. Yeah, okay. it's it's flat. You, you said it's made out of cardboard. Out. No, I think it's this is wood, right? It's like wood. Yeah, it's like, a, it's, like yeah. it's almost like a pulsa or something. Um, but I really enjoyed them. I, they're all over the house. So you guys should go do play with your games together, and Chris and I. Can oh have wait, wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, Chris, I got to show him this one. This one, Natalie. This one. That is literally what I tell Nick all the yeah. time. This one is uh, for, just this. just 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 to razz on him a little bit. I, mean, I love that he does what he does. But he'll, he'll say, you know, like, why aren't you into Legos? And I'll be like, uh, I like pussy. So no, it's, it's, it's this guy, I'm like, dude. <laughs> I, while I was out dating, you were at home this, making this Legos over here. Like, I think you, ass man. I'm like, whatever, bro. I still, whatever, yeah, bro. I still think you won out. I yes. think you won out. Yes. You know, so, I'll so show kids, this if you're listening, hey. go do Lego. Stay away from women and, and yeah, dating yeah, yeah, guys. Right. If you, and, and I'll tell you this, <laughs> I'm gonna, sh- I'm gonna show this one that I made because this is for one of our, actually our our previous podcast guests. Her nephew is just getting into legos and he really likes spider-man so you know i i hooked this one up for him oh, oh that's, that's awesome dang shout out to shout out to aj it's coming i'll put it in the mail <laughs> yeah shout out to publicist aj Fureman. that's right yeah i can't wait for her to get that it's gonna be killer. all right all right dude we gotta, we gotta we gotta stop playing with our all right, all right. back to it rewind okay, okay. rewind go, go back go back go back uh the question was about a sales agent uh, versus yeah, going yes. straight to execution. That's right. So, um, so the reality is, is even though I was willing to make those cold calls and get the ball rolling on everything, it takes a lot of time and effort, right? So what Glenn does, he, I mean, he's, it takes a lot of time and effort for him too, but he's already, he's got a guy at the other end of that phone yeah. that knows him that is, he's, he, and he helps promote us to them. Mm-hmm. He helps, he helps so, like for example, Netflix checked the movie out, right? Mm-hmm. Netflix obviously ended up passing, um, but and, and the reason why is because they said it was it felt too small to be a, a Netflix original, original. right? Yeah. But we oh, got okay. really useful feedback like that, right? Lionsgate said it looked too commercial. It, no, it looked it looked they <laughs> no they said they weren't looking for theatrical. They weren't content, looking for theatrical content. Right? That's what it was. So yeah, that's got, a compliment. Got one like really kind of. <laughs> Netflix, but one great compliment from Lionsgate. Well, I think it's important to um, note that like a sales agent for in this distribution plan is the same as me having, you know, McCray agency as an actor. Like okay. I can go to a casting director. It doesn't mean that they're going to talk to me. Yeah. That's actually a great analogy is because like if let's say a casting director passes on uh, someone's headshot, your agent might be like, hey, I am begging you to reconsider. Yeah. You need to have this person read. They're really good. You know, just because you don't like their headshot, you know, so there's a relationship that your that your sales agent has with mm-hmm. all of these distribution companies, and there were, I don't oh know, 100, 150 of them or something. Um, yeah. That you know that were on his list. He, and did he had it. his top tier, his middle tier, yeah. and his bottom tier, yeah. and 
we never got past, uh, we never got uh, put into any of the other tiers. We stayed at the top. We did so, stay at the top, yeah. Um, I think we ended up, it was like 22 and we got four or five. Five offers. Five offers out of the 22 yeah. on the top tier. Um, and then it, you know, like Gravitas was one that one does and I had a terrible experience on the phone with Gravitas. It was like, yeah. I don't feel like you even know who I'm talking. Like what, a, what movie is it? So <laughs> yeah, yeah. what he did was he liaisoned between the two of us to, uh, between like us and say Gravitas, mm-hmm. us and random media, us and uh, giant, I think was one. Um, anyways, he liaisoned between us to set the, the meeting, you know? And of course he would, get me on the phone first and be like, Hey, just so you know, like you don't need to feel pressured, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just a talk. Don't worry about it. See if you like them. And if you like them, let me know. And so then we would schedule the meetings with the, uh, uh distribution companies and we'd have to, you know, have an hour long potential sometimes conversation about yeah. how much they like the film and so on <clears> and so <throat> forth. But we didn't have to do that that legwork anymore. Yeah. I didn't have to stay up till three o'clock in the morning, calling these people and trying to figure out who right. the next person would be to call, you know? Well, I think one of, one of the big notes here is we made the movie for such little money is, you know, we need to be back at work because every, like we hardly ever got to make the phone calls or the zooms together. Yeah. You know, like I would be prepping on yeah. something and have to go to a different office. He'd be on set and he had to step away. And so, <clears throat> you know, we needed to be going back to work. We needed somebody else working for us. And because we made the movie for so little, we could afford to bring on a sales rep for a very small amount and have a good negotiation to just be able to do it. Cause at the end of the day, when I book a job, I'm giving cookie a percentage for doing the work that she does all the time, but, but right. she's doing work that I don't book. You know what I mean? So, and Kim he was McCray. Work. Yeah. Kim McCray. Yeah. And so it's like, it's the same deal. Like he, he was doing work for people who said, no, we weren't charged for that. That was just part of the agency thing, you know? Right. And so I think it's, it's something that really considering like the big picture of it all, when you're producing content on a lower scale financially, you need to build in this stuff unless you have a Brad Pitt attached. Right. Yeah. You There's a couple of things that I, that, that I take away f- from that. Um, one, it reminds me of a conversation we had way back in the day, probably at least five years ago, Nick, with a filmmaker who was pitching us on how the film was going to be, um, sort of more f- affordable and simpler because he could do everything. Oh yeah. He could light it. He could shoot it. He could do all the stuff. Right. And then, <laughs> right. <laughs> what, and, and what, and what me and Nick asked him, he was super confident yeah. and what me and Nick, and he, and he had a name and, and what me and Nick asked is, but why would you want to? Yeah, that's fair. Right. Like, 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 like we, and this is back when we were EP and things and I, not, not, completely focused on the, on the independent media marketing piece, but it was like, and and, and sitting in that producer's chair. And it was like, if, if we're going to be producers on this, we want our director directing. Like we want you to be completely focused on how you're going to tell the story, not doing everything. And then the second thing that, that, um, comes to mind is, and I won't say his name because I don't, I don't think he would care because I think he, sees it as a point of like, um, I, I think he sees it as a good thing, you know, like a point of pride, but I'll just, since I don't have him to ask, I'll just leave his name unsaid, but he made, uh, a bunch of films and Nick was talking to him and, and he, Nick was saying, how much you make this one for? And he's like, $4,000. How much did you make this one for? These are all distributed films. 
$7,000. How much do you make this one for? $2,000. And then, so we said, well, okay, this next film, $2 million. We said, okay, so what that, that he's going to, that he's going to make. And we said, so how that, how that happened? And he's like, this guy I grew up with who has done well in film found out that I made these three movies for that money and said, I want to see what you can do if I give you this. And so there is this sort of like upside. If you make a film that's actually consumable for a low budget, that's another sort of to Nick's point, like the upside, the other side of what I was saying, upside of making a short, uh, a small budget movie, ultra low budget movie Mm -hmm. is if you actually make one that's consumable, Right. Other industry professionals see that and say, damn, like what would happen if I gave them X amount of money? They can make that for, for that. Then, and you know, when we made another version of you, that was the thing that, um, or when we were part of that movie, uh, shout out to Maki Dapp and, uh, the Wonderkin, um, Micah Sims, but the, uh, and David Perry as well. What we heard back in uh, over and over and over again was this movie cost three million, right? This movie cost two million, right? And we would just sometimes we just nod, <laughs> but we know we didn't spend that. Right. And so the movie, the movie sort of, you know, um, was so much better looking than its budget mm-hmm. that there were lots of opportunities to come from it. Uh, that really haven't even been taken advantage of yet simply because the director's doing other things. But the, the, at the end of the day, he can always, Maki can always sit back and say, I made a movie that can honestly stand side by side next to a theatrical film in both, you know, sonically and visually. Yeah. Well, let me, and if you can pull that off. Yeah. Let me jump on that. You you know, that's, key to independent movies i will tell you yeah sonically and visually right even the story may not we're story is king people right you'll hear us say that all all the time but Mm -hmm. as an independent filmmaker making a feature film if sonically and visually it's good you are like above and beyond maybe 75 percent of if not more independent films just right there totally Right. A person knows it's an independent film because they are distracted by bad sound and bad vision. That's it. If you bring in yeah. noise into bad the acting. film it, what, and bad acting is the next. It's like, yeah, because there's some bad sound, we, we, bad visuals, bad acting. Yeah, that's the next thing up. Right. That's the next thing up. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh, it, 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 it does. Yeah. And, and a lot of times I would say that the bad acting I, I have seen very few independent films where the bad acting wasn't directly associated with bad writing. Totally. Oh, a thousand. <laughs> my old Davis, I talked about this. We're like, I, you know, as an Oscar winner, like I don't deserve the Oscar. It's the actors who take bad writing and make it look good. I get good writing. <laughs> right. You know, I'm like, <laughs> thank you. Yes, you know? Preach. It's Preach. so difficult for an yep. actor to overcome bad writing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why, yeah. you know, you, you tend to, you or me, I will rewrite things sometimes in auditions. Cause I'm just like, no, I can't, if I really <laughs> like, like it, I don't, I don't do it like crazy. It's just right. enough to, you know, kind of get it. And I, I have booked things and I, I don't know that they realized that I rewrote things. 
But for the sake of delivering it in a very short amount of time, I have a really great writer next to me and myself. And I'm like, can we just maybe move this and blah, blah, blah. And it helps kind of like helps me do the thing that you want me to do. And then we'll see where it is. And sometimes it shifts, you know, by the time we go into production. I love that. Is the industry still in the, in the self tape, self tape mode? Or are you going to auditions in person now still? You know, I think self-tape mode is where it's going to be. I don't think you're ever going to get back. I mean, you might have some in-persons yeah. uh, and yeah. like callbacks sometimes will go in-person, but I think we live in a self-tape world I think, now, unfortunately. I think there's a benefit to it. You you are now, you know, people in Atlanta, people in LA, people in New York, they're open to seeing you now for certain things where they wouldn't have been. Um, so yeah. that is a thing. I think they were kind of gearing towards that even before COVID. You know, I remember like Vampire Diaries was something that I auditioned for one of the first things back in like 2012 and it was an on tape and they were shooting in Georgia and I mean, terrified. What is this? You know, you get your books (laughs) and you like your your phone. I remember one of my friends like holding the the iPhone, like reading, (laughs) trying to make sure that she didn't move, you know, and you're like, I don't know. Um, And so I think it was always headed this way. You know, you just get more, more and at but the rate of what we're making stuff now, I mean, we're streaming the stuff constantly. These casting directors need things immediately. And a, as a producer has been on the other side of it and gets those actors access ecocast and like, is able to watch, yeah. you know, I, I wish I had more information to give the actors because it's not streamlined the way that you think it is. You know, you might see a hundred auditions and maybe two of them did what you even asked them to do. Oh, wow. So, wow. You are standing out if you just follow directions, even <laughs> if you didn't know position. And it's crazy well, to hear that. I, I've heard some really good actors complain about this new era because yeah. some of the actors that were experienced and, and like have divulged so much time into their skill set, read all the books, done all the classes, they used to like the idea of going into the live audition. First of all, that was a benchmark. Meaning yeah. if you, if you, if you, if I could get there and you couldn't, then I had, I had an advantage. Yeah. Right. Right. So that was your first cutoff. Your first elimination round, if you will, is who showed up. Okay. Right. Now it's you and 15 people and you can, and you have to outperform 15 people and you can a use bit. a lot of, th- yeah. <laughs> and you can use different things to, to win the day. Right. Like, um, I, like I've heard of actors like bringing in their own props like walking in with a cup of coffee and then using it and not like, and you can charm people that are at the table in front of you. Right. And now with the self tape, and this isn't me saying it, but well, I've heard experienced actors say, well, this person probably did a thousand takes until they got something yeah. right. They right. can cut their self tape together. Yep. They can use mm-hmm. AI on their self tape. And now this casting director has to look at a thousand auditions and mm-hmm. they you know, so you might get lost in the shuffle. It's just, I don't know what you think about that. I'm curious. No, I think that's a really, really good point. I mean, I think there is a, an opportunity to manipulate. Um, Mm -hmm. I have seen a, uh, slightly disappointing, um, uh, like at the point of producing and being on set and seeing the people that were cast and their tape for, for day players. This is mainly day Mm -hmm. players, not, not supporting, not leads. Right. They, they come, they have one day on set they do not, they're not even close to what their tape was. They come on the day. They can't take direction. They're fidgety. Uh, Mm. they're nervous and they're, um, they're, they're getting like in over their head. They really shouldn't be there. 
Um, right. and it's, it's, uh, it's frustrating to see. Cause I know a lot of actors, like I've had to fight for actors that I know personally, um, you know, because they overlooked them for X, Y, and Z and went with another person. And like, I, I have a feeling, I don't know this person. I'm not saying they're not great. I know this mm-hmm. person's going to come out and know what's going on. You know, um, yeah. we hired Will McKinney, which is, I, I think Valerie Jane Parker's boyfriend for someone like you as a paramedic. And initially he did not make the cut with the director. And I was like, Hey, beg you to reconsider because I mm-hmm. know he's going to show up and he's going to, he's going to give you more than is even written on the page. Cause this is a car crash. This is, there's stuff happening, you know? And, right. uh, and he came and he improvised and he added so much to it. This layer that I just wasn't gut- gutterly sure that another actor could do. And you go back to the manipulation of the tape. I think that there is a lot of that. And for actors like me, I started in person. So I used to do the little like talks in the bathroom at the hotel <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, and go, you got yeah. this, you know? Yeah. Um, so I miss that. I think that's where I excelled. Um, because once t- tape started happening, I'm not really the best auditioner on tape. I'm a great yeah. actor on set, but I just, I haven't really found that thing. I think unless I wrote it, you know what I mean? Yeah, I That's do. I that was the kind of the spirit of the comments is like, they could, they show up to set and they're not even close to what they were, you know, on tape. I want to, I want to shift gears a little bit just cause I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you guys this. Cause we asked this t- of a lot of people in your situation. This is the guy um, that we told you. Yeah, this, is the gotcha, this is the gotcha part. Yeah. Oh no, you said that we're going to do this. <laughs> yeah. This is the gotcha part, but it doesn't have to be. I'm just curious. I'm just curious what, what you guys will say. Um, I know that you're kind of in a way newlyweds. Uh, I was always told, you know, you, you're looking for that seven year mark <laughs> before you, before you get comfortable, you know, in your relationship and, and maybe don't have to do all the things you were doing in the beginning. But I am curious what it's like. How did you find each other start dating? I'm sure it's doing <laughs> business. And, and, and how is it, how is it working with your significant other? Are you like, or do you, do you have to treat each other differently? Uh, it's really funny today because they, Grace didn't know that we were married. Oh, right. <laughs> Um, yeah. No, I mean, okay. So I'll, I, I can kick off. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, he's got a good story. That's, that's <laughs> so first off, we met in 2015, March of 2015, um, yeah. and we met on a Colt Ford music video. Um, and <laughs> we're both yeah, PAs. We were both production. Yeah. And uh, it was it's the crazy music video with the what's the the Duck People? Um, uh, Duck Dynasty. Duck Dynasty. Um, <laughs> the duck, oh the, yes, I know this video. I know this video. It. You know, like yeah. going around. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, so that's how we met. That's how we initially met. Then we worked together uh, from then through 2017. No, I, I didn't see him again until the fo- following, like August. It was still the King season one right. um, started up. So Shout out uh, Travis Nicholson. Yeah. Uh, so she worked in props on that. And and uh, we were, everything was totally platonic. Um, I was in a long-term relationship. I was in a long-term she was in a long-term relationship. Yeah. Um, and then she ended up moving to New York yep. and, uh, time went on my long-term relationship ended. Um, and I was on the set of a Perkins commercial. And then um, it was like December of 2017. Tell the people what Perkins is. Perkins is a, uh, uh, it's uh, like, a, like Denny's? a Denny's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, or, or maybe, maybe a Cracker little, Barrel. Yeah. It's sort of Cracker Barrel-y. It's, you know, it, restaurant. They usually t- do greasy. I was acting food. in it and he was the second AD. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So it was just a commercial, one day commercial. She came on uh, to do background. Yeah, um, which I was so mad about. I was like, I don't want to take this job. And I ended up texting you because I was running late. And I saw he was on the call sheet. And I was like, I hope he remembers me. I'm just like running a little bit late. I was actually dragging my feet because I was like, right. I can't believe I said yes. Um, <laughs> so, so late. Background for Perkins. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, uh, so anyways, uh, I, I asked how her a significant other at the time was uh and she was like you don't you'll have to ask him <laughs> and i was like okay. <laughs> i don't so, know you'll have to ask him so uh so anyways i see her in background holding uh and she's and she's typing away at a, at a computer and i i hadn't talked to her in a long time so i just walked over and was trying to catch up for a minute and i was like what are you doing she's like oh i'm writing the script and i was like <laughs> are you now because desperately want somebody to write with you know um basically yeah. and uh so our initial like meet after that was purely a sit down and talk about story ideas yeah. and and that sort of thing and we continued to talk and then you know i kept like shooting her flirty you know stuff we actually wrote a short story via text, via text where one person um, had to do something and then be like it was about santa claus Mm-hmm. And because uh, it was around Christmas, <laughs> I don't remember totally what happened. So you know, trying to do all the cute yeah. flirty stuff. We're weird. And her, her friends. I can like, transcribe the text thread. It was Santa Claus emoji, eggplant emoji, <laughs> squirt emoji, no, Santa no, Claus no, emoji. No, no, no. <laughs> it just go just in a circle. Yeah. <laughs> um, so sorry. Go ahead. Hey, we, uh, we uh, let's see. We're. Uh, no, no, no. You, you, no, you were sen- you were sending me a little thing. Anyway, we ended up going yeah. on. We, we weren't sure oh, was it flirty text, flirty text threats. So I was not understanding the thing. So were, she wasn't getting it. She's yeah. like going to her friends, like you know, what does he mean by this? And they're like, he's. Flirty. <laughs> and she's like, no, no, he's not. Most people me. find me intimidating for um, some reason, so I just didn't know. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, then uh, you know convinced her to, <laughs> to go to dinner but still neither one of us perkins whether or not hey no. not perkins <laughs> yeah, was it no. perkins known for their skill skillet mills skillet <laughs> mills yeah exactly yeah. no it's Kathy Nona. and here's the funny thing um neither of us knew it was a date i was all freaking out about it my buddy's like shut up like just you know basically grow up hair and go just have fun don't worry about it I, uh, I ended up paying for the meal I wore and I, I didn't realize how, how, how uh, insanely expensive it was going to be at the time. And right. I spent every single red cent in my bank account to pay know. for the meal. I didn't know. You didn't find out about that until I didn't know. after that. And, uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, then like uh, we, we saw each other again and it was like, okay, wait a second. Are, 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 are we dating? Are we dating? And I was like. I think we're dating. Yeah, I think we're dating. And then uh, January 3rd, 2018, we started dating. And uh, what was it? Uh, May of 2019, we got engaged. And October 25th of 2019, we got married. And October 25th, 2020, we went into production of Best Laid Plans. And that is how I brought it all back around. Wow. That's amazing because I think think a lot of times it's interesting. (laughs) Like when you know you're ready and you know you found someone that's your soulmate or someone that's the one, you really don't have to have this long gestation period. You don't have to date them for like five or six years before you decide to get married. Like, like you, you, it's, it's this weird thing that you're always told by your parents, but 
it is very difficult to put in words like you'll know when you know yeah, yeah. Like, what, what the hell does that mean but when you feel it it's like oh yeah they were right yeah. i mean you, you, can, get it. you can ask probably most people that you've interviewed like i mean all of my friends knew that i always wanted to find somebody that i could do this sort of stuff with um yeah. this sort of like creating things together finding a partner in crime with that specifically I've always been really career driven working with him is probably the best thing ever. I mean, like, I can't tell you how good it is. And it, it's so funny. You know, we were in the office today on a job and, uh, the script soup was in the office and she did not know we did a project for a week. And it wasn't until the end of the second week that she even knew we were married. Wow. <laughs> she didn't even oh, wow. um, and we're not, She dropped we're not her like, coffee mug. Yeah, <laughs> like had a full yeah, like, usual suspects moment. Yeah. We don't, uh, great movie, but we don't, we're not like PDF or, any, or PDF, PD, what is it? PDA. PDA. Yeah. Well, thank PDA. you. Yeah. We don't do PDA. that, but like, we're not, not, I say like, Hey honey, will you grab me the script, you know, or whatever? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we keep Professional. professional um as far as like uh i mean the the any squabbles that might exist are always work related oh yeah they're never it's never like it's, it's how do you guys resolve it though Kyler? how do you resolve a work-related squabble like when you're having creative differences well usually i'm right <laughs> oh i remember when we used to be married <laughs> uh no, like he'll come to me and say, like, I need more, you know, I need more days for my second AD to prep, or I need more production assistance, you know, and it's like right. a budgetary. Okay. I think on a creative note when we're writing and stuff, we always find some kind of common ground. Yeah, and we're just we just keep it as blunt as possible. Yeah. Because, because blunt gets it done. Blunt can sound angry, right? Or mm-hmm. or mean, maybe. But it's just direct. but it's so much easier to say, I think your idea is stupid. Yeah. You know, I can yeah. handle I'm a blunt, it I'm a blunt like, guy. I'm a yeah. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I can handle enough. I don't mean, I, I don't mean anything by it. I still love you, No. but I'm and, just and saying what I have to say. Yeah. I yeah. That's just the way, that's just the way that we operate. And so like, she might, she might throw out an idea that I just, I don't like. And I'm like, I think that's stupid. And if I might throw an idea out that mm-hmm. she doesn't like it, she's like, I think that's stupid. And then we'll have the conversation about, okay, well, why do you think it's not stupid? Right. And here's, usually here's what happens. <laughs> uh, you know, she pitched it for a reason, right? And mm-hmm. she didn't right. pitch it because like, she thought the it was stupid. The thing? So it's like, I think that's stupid. Um, why don't you think it's stupid? Well, because this, that, and this. And I'm like, oh, well, then if we took this yeah. and we did this, that would satiate what your problem is. And it would, it fix would fix the thing that I've got going on. Yeah. And vice versa. So yeah. I'd say creatively, we work very well together. Every, every once in a blue moon, one of us will dig our, tr- our trenches. You know what I mean? Just dig the heels in and, uh, and really double down. Uh, on our opinions about something, but usually, usually it is a very, uh, uh, genuinely healthy collaborative process. And then the logistical side of it, yeah. again, it's like, if I'm, if I'm say the first AD on something, mm-hmm. she's my producer. Well, respect the process. Right. It's, her, say, it's her word. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, yeah. I, it doesn't matter if I feel like I know better or I know it's going to happen or so on and so forth. I'll make my opinion known. And mm-hmm. then how do you want to handle it? You well, know? yeah. And sometimes right. I'm privy to conversations that he's not part of, you know what I mean? So right. it's like, Hey, yeah. you, yes, you're right for what you think, you know, but I have X, Y, and Z that I got to deal with before I even come to that. And that is not a priority or whatever it is. And I remember we were doing Karen's movie last year and you guys might've remembered it was in October and a Wait, tornado movie. 
Karen Kingsbury. It was a movie called someone like you. Um, it'll be coming out fall late, later this year. And, um, and a tornado blew through Nashville and Franklin yeah. took us seven minutes. We were outside shooting a green screen thing. And, uh, you know, we had a crew of 55 people or something and our cast and everything. We went into the McConnell house where we were doing base camp and waited it out for like five or six hours. We were on a lightning delay after the tornado went. Now, luckily everybody was okay, but yeah. I couldn't have anybody working. So I was just sitting there like, this is going to be an insurance claim. I got to get something yeah. done today. We didn't actually like <laughs> shoot anything. Um, and he comes to me and he says, if I can shut down main street two hours earlier than what we requested, we can actually pull up work from tomorrow. We mm-hmm. can accomplish the first part of that. And then we'll be able to do the driving stuff when we go to Alabama at the last week, which we were in our first week. I said, okay, now I got to call city hall at Franklin and see if they're going to let me right. do this. Right. And so, you know, yeah, yeah. But he was right. And it, it helped me yeah, know what, I, what needed to happen. And guess what? No insurance claim. And we ended yeah, up, and they ended up doing it. You know, the, the city of Franklin was yeah. amazing and very. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you something about the city of Franklin and, you know, for this global audience, uh, the Franklin's barely a city. But it's a city and it's like more like a town, but it's a really, really swanky town. And for those listening that aren't familiar with with it, uh, it's for years. uh, Well, the county it's in was the wealthiest county, first or second wealthiest county in America. So you can you can you can Google that and and look at that. But they want to be in the movie business badly. They built the yep. theater, the historic theater there. They're, they will say yes to a lot of movie requests because they want to be a, a player in that space. And also, by the way, shout out to executive chef Jason McConnell uh, and not not writer uh, Jason McConnell, but uh, and friend yeah. of the podcast Jason McConnell, but executive chef Jason McConnell, who is brilliant. And uh, that's where you heard the McConnell house. So just getting the audience right. all caught up yeah. with everything you said there, but it, no, it's, it's cool because it's kind of like the Cohen brothers where you guys just have a lane mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and me and Nick have known each other uh, and you respect each other's lanes. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. And, and me and Nick have been doing uh, this for about seven or eight years, but we've been, you know, best friends for two decades or more. And in a way it's, it's, it's very much like a marriage. You know, mm-hmm. and, and so, yeah. so we have to, you know, we have to figure out which hills we want to die on and how we communicate with each other. And we have different styles and we have to make it work. And it's a lot about like, okay, mm-hmm. this is what you do, but I'll let my opinion be known. This is what yeah. I do. Tell me how you, what you think about that. Now mm-hmm. with my actual wife, that's even, you know, there are hills I'm willing to die on. Right. Like, like. To your point, Kyler, I did you guys watch the movie Triangle of Sadness? No, not yet. No, it's on our queue. So Triangle of Sadness, it's you'll never watch it. If it's in the queue. <laughs> oh, no. The Triangle of Sadness is to me worthy of being nominated for best film, which it was. There's a lot in it. A lot of lot of metaphor, a lot of parables, incredible writing, incredible performances, right? I had producer Papa Bear and uh, my wife and one of my kids watch it with me. They all hated it. All of them hated it. 
And you're like, Damn and I'm, it. <laughs> and nothing makes me more upset than when somebody doesn't like something and can't tell me why. Oh, does, it, does, that, does, it, you know, like, does that get up to you a little bit? Like gets on your skin a little bit? Like you can't even articulate why you don't like it. And they can't explain. I like, I don't like it either way. My, my, my least favorite phrase ever was, it was good for what it was. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? What was it? <laughs> yeah. What, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that's where I was at because if, if I kind of like a movie and you didn't like it, cool. But if I love a movie and you didn't, and you hated it, not didn't like it, but hated it. There's a giant gap there that needs to be filled of understanding and no one would give it. No one would give it to me. I'm chasing people around my house saying, tell me why, what did you not like? Did you not, you didn't think this was funny. Okay. You didn't think Woody Harrelson was good here. You didn't think Woody was good here. <laughs> nope. No, 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 Woody was fine. Woody was fine. Then if Woody was fine, then how could it be bad? You, right. thought, it, you thought it was shot bad. <laughs> you thought it was shot bad. You didn't think this was beautiful. No, it was shot beautifully. It was shot beautifully. Then how could you not like it? How did you hate it? And, and so I just became a tyrant in my own house and I was willing to die on the triangle of sadness hill. And only now do I realize how just foolish it was. It's like this. Mm-hmm. Don't die on those hills. Like, yeah. just save yourself the time. It's, they it's didn't not, like it. Not worth Fine. it. Fine. It's not worth yeah. it. But I will tell I'm you, I'm still this. learning. But Chris, Chris, this is. I'm going to take something from Kyler and Natalie. Okay, so I, I love my okay. wife too, and I love when I no. hear. I love when I hear marriage advice. Okay, I do. I love it because I take yeah. it right, yeah. and I and I and I and I take it to action. Right. So tonight, I'm going to go up to my wife and I'm going to say. I think you're stupid. I want you <laughs> to tell me why you think, right. I, I want you to tell me why you're not stupid. Like you guys <laughs> listening, I just pushed him away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're stupid. Uh, I think you're stupid and you need to tell me why you think you're not stupid. Let's, you let's need to tell me why you're not stupid. For your solo podcast. <laughs> When I produce oh, the next God. thing, guess he won't be. The idea is Yeah, there it is. Yeah, yep. mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see my. I'm, and just so you guys know, I, hopefully you know enough about me right now to know this is going to happen. I want to watch. This is really going to happen. Place. This is going to take place. Thoughts and, thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Uh, Th- thoughts, thoughts and prayers. To, thoughts and prayers to your bodily health. Yeah. And secondly, <laughs> your relationship. But I, but I'm here for the outcome. I'm here for yes, the concourse. Please record this. Right. Uh, it'll, it'll 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 be it'll be amazing. I I uh, speaking of like calling people stupid and like like this idea of being very blunt. When you make a movie and you put it out there, the viewers don't know the context. Like they don't know. Here's what we made it for. It right. was during COVID. Right. It was, and we heard similar stories. We we had talked to the gentleman who made the movie Karen uh, that came out. It was also oh, a COVID yeah. shoot. In the, it, 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 you fell asleep, but I, yeah. I, yeah. Wow. Way to throw <laughs> wow. me out of the bus. I think I, know, I did. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Not but they shot people. that. That was a COVID shoot. They shot that in one, they, they rented, they, they leased three homes in a cul-de-sac that wow. people were currently living in. That's how they got that done. Thank and they were like praying against everything that no one was going to get COVID. They, they were right. cutting some corners and had to get some stuff done. And, but the movie was really profitable and did well. And, um, but they got enormous, enormous backlash just because of the, 
the timing of it, like, mm-hmm. like the political landscape at the time when that movie right. came out. And so I'm just curious about your movie. Do you guys muster up the courage to kind of read your reviews? And if so, what's the best thing people have said about your movies and your work? And what's some of the worst things people have said? And what is your response to some of the worst things? So, yes, we, yeah, we don't, we, we don't shy away from no, reviews. No, no, no. Um, you know, I don't act like, I, I think I, I went through a period where I would actively go see what mm-hmm. was being said, but mm-hmm. then I just kind of, that kind of died. It, like, I don't know, it lost its flavor or mm-hmm. something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How, how, whatever that would be. As far as uh, best, um, God, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, Somebody said something I about love like, the twists and turns. Yeah. Uh, someone said it's like quotation a, marks up for everybody a that, Nolan-esque film, um, which was oh, a, it's big, a huge compliment. He's actually yeah. a huge Nolan fan. Yeah. Um, um, we did, uh, we did have a troll at some point. Yeah. So this was um, on the trailer. When, yeah. When on the, the YouTube. Came out, uh, this person who just, I, I don't know, just like wanted to like really just let us know. Like not even, I don't even sure if this person saw the movie. Just didn't let like you know me. what? Oh, I didn't just didn't like you. Yeah. I guess he or she, I, guess he or she, I, she, I just I assume based on the way that, the way that they were talking that it was, prob- it was probably like a yeah. 20 year old or 19 year old, like dude who just wanted to troll. Anyway, yeah, I thought women don't have time for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> see, I have time for trolls. Uh, I, he I, loves trolling I, I don't I'm a big troll myself. Mm-hmm. Um, except for, you know, I don't go to random people's no. movies and like talk Shit about it. it. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah. He, he, it started off. His first comment was 8.8 on IMDb. Uh, what a joke or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, okay. Right. Like, What's the point right. of that? I love your imitation of his voice too. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> like the way you think he would sound. He's a yeah, no, 19 year old dude, you know? <laughs> I, I used to run a YouTube channel where I did movie reviews. And so uh, when I would, when I would uh, like imitate what I, like I would read literally on the channel. I would read the, uh, some like hateful post or something that somebody left. Cause you know, it's YouTube and that's what they did. And, uh, that was, that was always one. And then, uh, always like, what was it? The color. I can't, you know, like that. Something like that. <laughs> uh, like I went, went between those two voices. So just got one. I like um, yeah. but yeah, anyway, so I, so I, uh, you know, I engaged with this guy. I should not have engaged with the guy same, just out of, mm, just same. out of professionalism, but I couldn't help. Mm-hmm. And I, and I was like, no matter how bad you think you control, I control you way better, yeah. dude, you know? Yeah. And so it became a battle of the minds. Um, um, I will say though, that, uh, I feel like we have more people who've come to us in person, mm-hmm. um, to, to tell us that their thoughts about the film that were like, cool, would you mind posting something like that to IMDb? And they never did. Yep. Um, and so it's, it's interesting for some of the people that have posted on IMDb. I, I don't know who they are. People who come to us, you know, we have a costume designer that we have been working with for a while. Who's read some of our stuff that we want to do in the future. And she's awesome and really, really talented. Her name is Malia Honeycutt. And she watched best laid plans. I think about a week ago yeah. and she came to us and was like, Oh my gosh. It was so amazing. I was a little, I, I think she might've been like a little nervous to watch it. Cause it's like, what if it sucks? Oh, yeah. you know, you know, you ever have that, that friend, you know, that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll it's watch like it. an associate or, you know, you're not like 
you're not like best friends. And so they want you to watch something or, or read something. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I'll get to it when I can. Because <laughs> right. deep down, you're Weird. scared it's going to yeah. be really crappy and you're going to have to try yeah. to tell them. Right. You know, or lie. Yeah. She, which- was, she was so complimentative about it. And she went to so much story about like the characters and what they were struggling with. And she said, this is the kind of stuff I want to do. And I said, what did you think about the costumes? Because mm-hmm. like that, you know, like I was just curious and she said, Oh, I thought they were perfect, which felt like such a compliment because, you know, we were doing this by ourselves and yep. you know, we had Cecily Hoffman on it, but it, but she still it was eight days. Like, she's the, she's yeah. The- and so it was like her helming it in with all these ideas that we were doing. And then we had to purchase things and like maintain them. And it was just nice to get another perspective of somebody so far removed from it, not part of the project and still in this business, not as a filmmaker, quote unquote, costume designer, who's a filmmaker, but, not like a writer, director, producer type and be so invested in it and want to work with us. She's like, I will literally do anything that you guys want. And that feels like a huge compliment. Totally. Yeah. You know? That is huge. That's awesome guys. To piggyback on that. I think one of the biggest compliments that we've received period about it is people's willingness to want to work with us again. Yeah. Right. Okay. <clears throat> um, That's huge. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a testament to the quality of the project, obviously, but also how we treat people on set. You know, yeah. we're not running 18 hour days to get this stuff done. You know, I, I refuse, I absolutely Same. refuse to to do that to people. And I'm not saying, Friday by days. the way, for anybody who's ever done, yeah, nice, nice Friday day. I'm not saying to anybody who's ever ran in a, a, a shoot that was 18 hour days that, uh, that makes you like a per- terrible person or anything no. just to clarify. But you know, if you run your crew into the ground, it is very likely you're not going to get your crew back the next time you need them. You yeah. Know? I think there's this fundamental problem with independent filmmakers that point. think that all of our friends are getting together and we want to do this thing. We're really passionate about it. We're really excited. I'm not saying that they're not, but you know, you're doing a 10 day shoot and you're shooting, you know, 15, 16 hours a day is because you're not organized. You don't have a plan. That is actually not how to do it. And so you need to do it right. And if you need more days, so you can do it less, but a lot of times it's a lack of a first AD. It's the lack of the organization and, and the pre-pro and they're figuring stuff out on the time on the day. And it becomes this just nightmare. And m- I have gotten into, um, debates, you know, in, in situations that I've line produced, uh, last year or produced things where I'm like, no, cause my, my main thing is like, I want to make sure that people are okay. you they're helping you make your dream come true. This is not their dream. And so yeah. you need to make sure that people are good and that they're taken care of and they have adequate turnarounds because at the end of the day, the move, just because your movie got made doesn't mean that the world stops. Right. It's important. Yeah. And I want your story to be told because I'm excited about it, but you can't abuse people. Yeah. And I think for me, from a producing standpoint, like that is number one, because the only way you keep doing it is that you treat people right. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll say Chris to something you said earlier uh, about the rules and everything. <laughs> rules are meant to be broken, but there's one that's not, it, it, it is not breakable or acceptable to break in my opinion. And that's the six P's of production. Are you guys familiar with yep. this? <laughs> yeah. uh, yep. 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 Proper planning prevents piss yep. poor production, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. And, and that's in, that's in sports. That's, yeah. That's in sports too. It's piss yeah. poor performance. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> it's, it's, a great point by both of you. And thanks for sharing it. Cause I, I immediately thought about a friend of mine that did a film and fired the scripty. It just like, wasn't working out. So I immediately walk over to the dailies editor. Sure enough, 
they're in a nightmare scenario. Yeah. yeah. They didn't, yeah. they didn't feel empowered to tell mm-hmm. my friend that, this cause they didn't want to be right. next. Yeah, but, exactly. But that person will probably never work with them again. Mm-hmm. Like right. you put right. them in a terrible spot to try to edit the dailies. So it's like, mm-hmm. just because you couldn't, you couldn't, like you said, have a debate, but be professional and keep that scripty on. Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So there, there's, there, there are these little things where, you know, when you make a decision, it really trickles down and look, there are times where you have to just fire crew, but sure. it, it can, it can get, it can get ugly the way you do it on one of our films. Right. We fired, we had to fire some crew on one of our films. That person went back and sort of front ran our IMDB ratings in the beginning with zeros. Yep. He got wow. a bunch of his uh, friends together gosh, and, so sorry. And, so shit. And, that is so and, and took a shit on our movie. <laughs> That's right. Troll <laughs> but, the worst way. But, 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 but also it was like, I wasn't, I wasn't there. So I was like, well, how did this person get let go? How did they perceive being let go? And was right. this done the right way to this day? I don't know the answer to that. And when people email me from the past, I always want to find out, Hey, what's this about? Let me know. Cause I want right. to fix it. And, yeah. and, you know, feeling empowered like I do to fix it. I want to, I want to do that before we do get out of here. I'd, I'd be crazy if I didn't ask you what your approach to P and a was and, and marketing was for, for best laid plans or just any of your projects. It, do, is it basically your expectation that the distributor is going to do it or are you guys doing things individually to do it? So then it definitely was they uh random media has their own marketing team mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. they included us in on several phone calls on how it was going to be marketed uh which i think they they did not they didn't do any sort of like televised marketing but right they put out uh you know posters and the trailer and you know shared it through this avenue and that avenue yeah. and whatnot um all in all like if i could turn back time and do it all again I would honestly probably hire yeah. a, an actual marketing firm to, to promote mm-hmm. it because at the end of the day, they did everything that they could, but um, it's not like they have a giant marketing team that does this or a PR team that does this. Right. Um, and so, you know, we, we did have to promote it a whole lot on our own, you know? And, yeah. And I know that that can get, annoying for people on Facebook when they well, see plans post, you know, we also don't the have movie. the following for it. It's like, you know, Eric doctor who runs random media had had a career at Paramount and MGM and Miramax. Um, and he mm-hmm. saw that independent filmmakers were kind of getting screwed, um, when it came to these big things. So he, and he was running the home division. So he decided to kind of retire from that, open up random media, which is a subsidiary of 1091 pictures, which is a subsidiary of Sony. Mm-hmm and, um, and help and help them. So they had, we were able to negotiate a certain, a certain fee for it, but it wasn't anything crazy. Like, you know, having our trailer on some kind of primetime television show, but it, it was something I think like going back and looking at it, it's like, Oh, okay. You, one of the reasons we picked random media is that, you know, Gravitas might have 20, 30 films a month that they're releasing random yeah, media. Only it's way too many. Yeah. They had about three to five, maybe that they were releasing each month. Right. Um, and so they really handpick things that they really enjoy and they say no to a lot of stuff. And that was a big thing for us. And so they are on the smaller side that they are able to put some funds towards it. Um, but yeah, I think going back, we would have done something like that. You know, and, and it's not like, it's not like, uh, I mean, of course, if you want to do some sort of national campaign, it's going to be 
hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. right. But, but, uh, you know, to hire an actual, a good, a good PR person and, and a, like a marketing firm for stuff like this is less expensive than you might think. Yeah. I mean, it can get costly, but you know, I mean, I, we looked at, we actually ended up looking at somebody once the movie was out and then it was kind of like, what's the point? It's already out. Yeah. Like it's going to like, we're chasing our tails at this point. Um, but it was, you know, it was several thousand dollars, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't $25,000. It yeah. Was, it was like three to $5,000 for this amount of time. They can do right. this. They have these avenues to, to these, you know, not deadline, but, but it's kind of deal. Um, something we did do, which maybe your listeners might want to know is like, if you have something hit up the people that you do have your, on your Instagram that have followers on that, you know, 10,000 plus side, if you know them personally, or even if you don't, send them a really professional thing that's friendly and casual and says, you know, Hey, if I sent you a private link, would you give an honest review, whether or not you liked it? If you don't like it, give a review. If you love it, will you give a review? We put it on your story or something. Yeah. Um, and we had people that did that like musicians in town who had 20, 30,000 followers. And so we had views that were showing, I mean, it's the only way I think we made our money back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. That's, that's really smart. I love that. It's basically, or, organic social influence is, is what you're talking about there yeah. versus paid social influence. Another thing that's happening right now, sort of quietly, I would say it's an open secret. Like it like industry folks know about this, but indie filmmakers by and large that I've talked to don't fast advertising. So like, like fast TV um, is, becoming very, very strange, like strangely enough, affordable. And I think the way that it becomes affordable is the fact that all the ads are dynamically placed. So you, so you're not paying for static. Like if you get an ad on the Super Bowl, you pay what you pay for that ad because everybody's watching at that moment, this show. Whereas when you watch fast TV on your Roku or your Apple TV and those ads come up because you're on the free plan, right? Like, that's what the F and fast is. Uh, right. They, uh, your smart TV along with your provider know who you are. Now I know that sounds creepy, but just get over it. Cause that's where we live in 2023. Yeah. Yep. Like, they, like they know how many people, like what race you are, what age you are, what you're into. They're into your Amazon account. They know what you tweet about. They know that stuff. And so they don't know your name like that. They, you're like a number that has a profile associated with it and they'll send you ads that fit you. So you're right. more likely to like be interested in the things, you know, they're doing. And I love fooling these things, by the way, I like, sometimes I'll do some stuff in the, like, uh, as a Hispanic person and then I'll get all Hispanic ads. It's great. It's just, it's like really, it's, it's really, the, that's the, one of the, that's one of the tests. That's one of like a, that's like a test. Like, okay. How, how much am I being tracked? Start mm-hmm. typing in things in Spanish and looking up Spanish things and Hispanic things, and then see what kind of ads you get back versus your normal sort of like right. middle of the road American kind of things that you would normally remember. Get. Anyway. They don't, they don't care who you are. They care what you're yep. into at the moment, what yeah, you're what into. You this yeah. actually has happened to us when we write scripts where we'll write and, you know, you're looking specificically for, I don't know, say a sword. And then all of a sudden Amazon or Facebook or something. Like, I've you got these. You're looking for a sword. Oh. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know for a sword. It's based on a, it's based on a real life uh, thing with, you get uh, kick out of with this. an inappropriate uh, comment. I, I don't know how clean, how 
Should we just no, say what it is? This is an adult, is an adult show. Yeah. yeah. Adult. Okay, so Rebecca right. Lyons and Catherine Morgan. I don't know if you know both of them. Um, I love Rebecca Lyons and Anna. Shout out to Anna Lyons. Yep. Hat, shout out to Anna. Um, so Catherine and Rebecca, uh, I don't know, 2019 did a show called Lock and Holmes and I directed it. And um, the last episode of it, Kyler and I wrote to kind of sum up the episodes. And um, we decided that it'd be really funny if what you come to find out that they're in search of, because these are, you know, detectives that they're all looking for the mm-hmm. new case and something's gone missing. Um, and so they, they are looking for something and you come to find out as you're watching it that their dildos have gone missing. (laughs) (laughs) So when we, and it's a comedy and it's really fun. And so when we were researching it, you know, what kind of dildos we should have, (laughs) she's like, Instagram is just telling me what kind of dildos that I should (laughs) And I'm like, you know, corsets and things like that. And I'm like, I'm just looking up who I was writing something. I don't want this. This is who you are. It's so funny because it's, 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 it's so true because it's actually more personally invasive when somebody opens up your social media apps than even your text messages sometimes because the apps are literally feeding you back what you've been looking for recently. Yeah. You just totally. definitely don't want your significant other looking through that stuff and getting the wrong idea, depending on what you're searching for yeah, or anybody for that matter. That. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise he would have had some questions for you. Yeah, right. Exactly. And rightfully <laughs> so. <laughs> Honey. Yeah. yeah. Open up Instagram on your phone. It's a lot of dicks. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Uh, Chris and Nick, can, can I ask you a question? Yeah, please. Of course. Turn, okay, so turn, turn it in around on it. I know. Well, I know. I know we're coming to a close. It's been really fun with you guys. Um, Kyler likes to ask this question to people. Um, mm-hmm. And so Nick and Chris, if you were stuck, Wait, if Kyler likes to ask, oh, that's the question, true. That's true. Kyler- <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, but I'm the reason why it's going to happen. Yeah, um, so we have a question something. for you. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Um, we're excited. I'm sure that you've heard the question a thousand times. What's your favorite movie? Right. Um, and, and it's like, I, I hate it because it's like an ever evolving list of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I long time ago adapted a different way of asking the question. If you were on an Island by yourself and you had one movie that Stuck you were going to watch for the rest of your life, because that's different than your favorite movie, right? Yeah. Mm. What would it be? I already have mine. Nick, do you have yours? Nick, go ahead, Chris. Princess Bride. <laughs> nice. That's a good choice. Nice. All the right. Princess Bride. Yeah. yeah. So though that, of course, Chris popped into my head, um, I have to go with Coming to America. Right. Oh, yeah, I yeah, love yeah, that yeah, movie. Yeah. 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 Great choice yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, Neither of us lose, Nick. Favorite movies. Yeah. You know? yeah. I love <laughs> but, it. It tells me a lot about yeah. you guys, uh, you know, based on what you would enjoy watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It's a, it's, my it's a great question. What's yours? Yeah. My move is Twister. Oh, okay. Wow. Nice. Which is funny because the casting director of Twister actually cast the movie I did last fall and she was so busy. I got her on the phone. I was like, Ricky, do you have like 30 seconds? I got to tell you something. I had <laughs> them like ask this question and I told her about it and she's like, oh my gosh, I kind of forgot. That was a good, that was a really great t- experience. Thank you for reminding me about that. I was like, yeah. Yeah. People sleep on, people sleep on Twister. And especially in this town where tornadoes are like Freddy Krueger to us, but it's, right. uh, it, 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 it's a great movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah I'm with you. Twister's underrated. Yeah. So everybody's going to judge me and it's fine. <laughs> it's 
fine, but it is what it is. It's a movie called Meet Joe Black. I know Joe Black. We know that movie. That movie's wonderful. Joe Black's Black's good. That's a good movie. But I will tell you, it is polarizing, Nick. No, it's not. That movie's wonderful. But all I got to say is when they turn around and look at each other, you know what I'm saying? Like he turns around and then she turns around. Wait, wait. Yeah. And he turns around and then she turns around. Like Mm -hmm. it gets you. Like you know that they're going to turn around and look at each other. Like that's the next thing that's going to happen. Yep. But that's not what happens. Oh yeah. It's, it's a wonderful movie. I have no movie. problem with these choices at all. Yeah. No. Great movie. No. Well, these are all good choices. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. well Joe, listener. meet Joe black is kind of <laughs> like Brad, Brad Pitt's had to go through this a few times. Cause he did that with meet Joe black. And now he's got Babylon mm. and I keep standing on this soapbox for Babylon Right. Like, even though I thought Tar was the best movie I saw last year, I keep standing on this on this milk crate for for Babylon because there are people out there legitimately saying the movie's not good. And like, Mm -hmm. in what universe is this movie not the Uh, maybe the best 50 movies you've ever seen? It's so big. It's so hard. So tell me, I would, I would highly. You're not stupid. (laughs) Yeah, I I would look. Just watch it for yourself. Go in there without prejudgment. Don't go in there, you know, taking the advice of some prude where where you're going to be looking out for you know too many sex scenes or something like that. Just enjoy the story. There, there. Oh, there we go. Yeah, we got we got a fifth (laughs) guest there. I love that. And and so. You know, Babylon is is one of those movies that Brad Pitt shouldn't have to defend. He wasn't even the right. lead in it, but uh, he was in every scene and and really did a lot for the film. It's great, and um, you know, I'm I'm kind of a, a a morose guy, I guess. And a lot of my favorite movies are sad movies, and that's why I wouldn't pick them to watch over and over on the island. Right. Like I'm the kind of guy who liked the movie Mother. I liked Requiem for a Dream. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. I liked those. I liked American Beauty. Loved it. Loved yeah. American Beauty. Um, I love Braveheart. Yeah. Seven Pounds was really sad. Yeah. Was, uh, <laughs> it's a sad one. You want to that was movie? that. Look, yeah. I'm not scared to tell people I cry over movies. Like that movie made me blubber like a there baby. You go. Yeah. 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 That thing will drag you through the mud a little bit for sure. Yeah. yeah that, that one, um, th- th- there are movies that like color purple. Like, I don't want to watch that on an island over and over again. Is it one of my favorite top 10 movies? It is. Uh, it's just, it's, it's just rough. That's all. It's rough. And I, and I think, I think there's something about that when you can relate to a movie that, that takes you somewhere emotionally. I love to cry at movies too. I have no shame in it. I'm just like you, Kyler, but I don't want to watch it over and over and over again on an island by myself. Mm-hmm. You know, if I have to Tom Hanks, this thing, give me the princess bride all day. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. I'll, and, I'll, and I'll say this, yeah. dude, I don't think Kyler said he likes crying in movies. It's like me. I don't like it. <laughs> you know, I don't enjoy it at all. Yeah. I try to stop that crap yeah. in his yeah. tracks. I'm like, man, my nose starts yeah. tingling. You know, you squeeze yeah. it a little bit to stop yeah. it. But yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm with you too, man. It's like, I, I'm not afraid to say it, but I don't like it when it happens. I'm like, no. Right. Yeah. yeah. Kyler thought people were going to judge him for meet Joe Black. People no. judge me because I admit that I wept at Crash. Oh, dude. Oh. Well, I mean, I don't think I went to crash, but I, I love crash. I, I love well, you crash. get infuriated. Exactly. You get infuriated by it. That's another part for me. Just, yeah, yeah it gets under my when, skin. When, that, when, that, when I thought that, uh, when I thought that little girl went out oh, for her daddy yeah. and I was like a, I was like a, you know, 
I've got two daughters. I was just like, man, yeah, fuck mm-hmm. this movie, man. <laughs> <laughs> fuck this movie, man. I'm about to done. I'm about to yeah. weep in here. Yeah, but Damn I'll tell you, you guys. But but, I, but I'll tell you, like, okay, so here, real quick, I know we got to wrap, but coming to America, I picked that one for more than just the movie itself. Okay, because I there's a lot of movies I like. And it, part of it is because after coming to America, there was a movie called Trading Places. And they have characters that were in Coming to America that show up in Trading Places. Before there was Coming to America, there was Eddie Murphy. And all of the comedy that he had done, whether it's Saturday Night Live or our stand-up, Arsenio Hall, the stuff that he'd done before, and all the things that he did after. So that movie for me is one of those things like it's a cultural icon that allows me to then step into all of the things that went around it at that time. So for me, if I'm stuck on an island, I get to watch a movie, but I get to step back into a place in time that was just wonderful memories, wonderful actors, wonderful comedians. Like I get to reminisce on all of that stuff at one time. So that that's why that answer. That's really cool. It's a multifaceted uh, yeah. uh, reason. I like it. That's some of my yeah. favorite films. I mean, sometimes when things are just really hard, I'm like, you want to watch something from the 90s? See? <laughs> like, Coming to America is great. Know? Now, I, I we got to ask yeah. pa- producer Papa Bear, I think Trading Places came first, just to clear that up, before Coming to America, but I'll have no, him no, I mean, check so you, hold on, hold on dates for me. Looks like I, I thought, tra- yes, I thought Trading did. Places Trading Places came 80s. first. No, no, no. Yeah. Trading Places came first because... Yeah. Those the two characters in that one ended up basically going broke and in coming to America and being in Eddie Murphy's character right. gave them money. Oh, and they're right. like, We're back. <laughs> so yeah, so it yeah. came first. Yeah. So there's these just, I love just connections cameo. to so, those characters. So smart. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Loved it, loved it, loved it. So yes, true. This was first. <laughs> yeah, hey, you did it. What I've what I've yeah. what I've what I've learned. Here, thank you. <laughs> yeah, there it is. There it is. Yes, trade places. There it is. Thank you, thank you, producer Papa Bear. The uh, look. I, here's what I've learned. I've learned that we all have good taste. I've learned yeah. that uh, you guys are a force, and I think me and Nick have learned that no matter what you do, you're not going to stop. And those are the type of filmmakers we admire the most. So. Can you can you tell everyone listening or watching uh, how they can admire you as well uh, on social media on the internet or where they can even see some of your work? She thought you meant Absolutely. like in person, like oh you could just see, you know, <laughs> or in or in, or in person. If you want to drop email addresses and 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 mailing addresses, feel free. I don't recommend it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no. So uh, you can look up outside our means on uh, Vimeo. Um, and you can watch any of the short films that we've done there. Uh, Instagram might be a good place to start to just yeah. links to that. Uh, outside our means on Instagram, obviously I'm Kyler Wilson. She's Natalie Rufino. Wilson. Natalie Rufino Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. Uh, Best laid plans <laughs> is on Apple TV, Amazon, Voodoo, uh, pretty almost, Roku, ev- almost every streaming know. service that isn't Netflix and Hulu and HBO, HBO. At this yeah. point. Um, and then there's also uh, a little, a web series that we we worked on last year that that recently came out. That yeah. It's a kids show. Um, if anybody is really interested, it's called Camp Radio. Kyla directed it, and um, um, we I produced it, and I'm in it. 
Um, it's a really fun, it's a really fun watch. So it's a pretty fun um, kid show. It's not, you know, we took away cell phones, so we, yeah. we took it back to the nineties basically Nostalgic. and, you know, didn't allow like, you know, those stories to evolve that sort of thing. There's no politics to it, no, which is very fun. important to me. Like no politics, no cell phones, none, none of this crazy stuff that's going on in the world. Just some kids. We just made some, uh, a, a show about some kids that, uh, built, built a radio station, uh, over the course of their time at summer. Yeah. Um, if anybody again. wants to email us, they can email us at outside our means at gmail.com. Yes. And we just spell that for us. Yeah. Just it's G M A I L. O U T S I D E O U R M as in mom, E A N as in Natalie S at gmail.com. And yes, I can spell. Nice. <laughs> Beautiful. That's perfect. <laughs> that just, a gotcha just, moment. just in case someone's listening to this in Denmark or, uh, you know, Nigeria and all the places we chart. Um, I want to make sure they, they get it, contact you guys, reach out to you guys. Cause you're worth yeah. reaching out to. And if you guys want to know more about Bonsai creative, you know, where you can do that. Our podcast posts, we, we post some content usually, something every week or two uh, that you can enjoy long form content, appreciate the support, but you can watch us on YouTube, listen to us on any podcast networks or wherever you listen to great podcasts. And of course you can reach out to us on our website at www.bonsai.film. That's B O N S A I dot F I L M. Very cute. Right. And you can reach out to us on social media at underscore bonsai creative. You can get in touch with me at, Flaming your heart on Twitter, and you can reach out to Nick at Nick at bonsai.film. Yes, that's an email address. And with that, oh, Patreon coming soon. Appreciate the support for all the people who uh, give us uh, money to help us support this podcast. As a true fan, we're going to convert you over to Patreon soon. So listen out for that. And so with that, Nick, can you leave us with the credo? Of course. And a big thank you to Kyler and Nat. Remember, it's thank you, Wilson. Yeah, for joining us today. This was awesome. We appreciate you and the small cameo from your cat that showed up today. No, so that's awesome. Uh, yeah, and th- that's that's beautiful. And I will say to our friends, family, and fans out there: be better, be creative, be engaged. And thank you for listening, Nick. Talk to you soon. Yes, sir. We'll do it again, Nat. Kyler, be good. Talk to you soon. Thank you you so much. much. Yeah, thanks, folks. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Peace. All right. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Make It Podcast. For more information about this episode, please visit our website at www.banzai.film. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to our podcast on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts by searching for Make It Banzai Creative and the show will pop right up. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at underscore Bonsai Creative and on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching for Make It Bonsai Creative. In addition, you can provide feedback to us via email at contact at bonsai.film. You now have the opportunity to support the production of this podcast. If you love Make It and are a true fan of what we are trying to accomplish in the indie film community, 
please consider supporting our Patreon page. We spend a combined 35 hours a week producing each episode. We do this with a small team of go-getters that are passionate about film and connecting people with similar interests across the globe. And we have lots of goodies in store for our supporters, including bonus content, exclusive swag, and discounts and freebies to private film events. If that sounds like something you can get behind, donations start at only $5 monthly. And of course, if you're looking to take a big step toward your film's financial success, go to www.bonsai.film and click on services to explore our unrivaled approach to film marketing. You have everything to gain. Until next time, be better, be creative, be engaged, and thank you for listening.